The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Yeah, you muted my boy. Let's try this again. Hey, welcome back to another episode of HBCU. Wow, it's your boy, Pooh Bear. I got my man, Aunt Petty Murphy, in the building. And uh, you rubbing off on me because I've been being petty. Yes, you have, sir. You have. <laughs> A little too petty. Oh, man. But nah, man. Uh, glad to be back, man. We got a... A good winning story tonight, man. We're gonna switch it up a little bit, man. Talk a little bit about bands, man. That's one thing we don't, you know, saying don't talk about a lot, but uh, they definitely a part of the game. I, I want to talk about that. Get... Yeah, we don't talk about them enough for sure. They definitely a uh, integral part of the game they had experience. Yes, sir. Uh, man, man. But first, man. Uh, we talked. Uh, well, it was right before media day, man. We had a uh, prayer view in Texas Southern on. Uh, at the time, it looked like it looked like Mister uh, Ashley Robinson was gonna change uh, change uh, zip code. He decided to stay in Jackson, though. Said he got something, to, you know, what I'm saying finished out. He didn't want to go nowhere else. But yes, sir. I think we kind of got that news at media days that. Uh... That might be a little premature reporting on him departing Jackson, but uh, good to see that he finally is staying in that. that there was officially a hire made, and it wasn't Ashley Roberts. It was, man. It was. Hey, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, the guy who was hired, uh, it is uh, what's he got the name? Oh, there it is. Uh, Anton Goff. 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 I say golf. It's Goff. Anton Goff. Uh, when I first saw the pitch, man, uh, you you remember? Uh, well, you don't watch Marvel movies like that. But he looked like uh, the villain from Ant Man, the first Ant Man. I have seen that. He looked I like have. the villain from the first Ant Man. I wonder if he came to Jared Goff. That's the first thing that Ooh, came to my mind. Question. That's a good question. But yeah, he did look like the villain of Ant Man. I was like, oh snap. But congratulations on him and Prairie View for um yes. that announcement that they came out with today. And hopefully they got the right guy for the job and most definitely their, their success will continue under him and his new role as athletic director. Correct. Yep. Speaking, I got one more one more thing yeah, before we before we get ready to go to our, our guest. Have you seen Alabama AM's shoes? You know how Grambling had nah. the shoes? Alabama and them shoes, uh, they actually look pretty good, man. You watching this NFL game though? Uh, what? No, I'm not. I probably should be. Well, I mean, shout out to uh, Alcorns, Alcorns, uh, 
Carlin Cheerless. He's been out there making plays on the field, man. That's what's up. That's Got what's a little up. HBCU alum in the uh, in the Hall of Fame game making some plays. So good, good to see them making plays whenever they get an opportunity. You know. Yeah. No, I actually, man, I had been watching it. Uh, you know, I just came from uh practice, yeah, man. Yeah. Dylan's practice, and uh, I, yeah. I just say this: we've been in pads for probably about two weeks. Them things start clacking today. Clack, clack. Yeah, it got real today, huh? Oh, it got real. It got real today. It got real. We uh we scrimmaged against eight U, uh seven U team against eight U, and uh. First of all, I will say it's a world of difference and what a year can do as far as like uh you growth, know, for yeah, growth for your body and stuff. And them kids, them eight you kids was uh and, and don't get me wrong, it's some that are as small and we got some kids that's as big, but uh yeah, yeah, that uh <laughs> that was some serious. Uh <laughs> so a lot of feelings was hurt today. A lot of people went home with tears in their eyes. They gonna learn today, yeah. Yeah, so but it is what it is, man. We're gonna learn. Let's go ahead and get this thing cracking, man. Uh, but first, you know, what we got to do. Uh, do want to say, uh, thank you everybody for watching to be anywhere in the world. To hear with us, we appreciate that. Uh, don't forget, subscribe, like, share. P.S. Super chats, super chats are open. Uh, shout out to our people, HBCU band talk. Say what's up, folks. Hey, this will be a, this is an episode for you. This is the episode you're gonna enjoy. Uh, What's good, Texas Southern in the building? Dave, Dave, boy, listen, Dave, whew, I know yeah, Dave yeah. tired. He, hey, he got real last night up in hey, Dave was defending Ante's honor to the utmost last night. He he had to come out swanking. But uh, a couple people, it was a couple, it got emotional in there. A few passionate a few times in there last night. Yeah, yeah. That's how you know the season getting close, bro. Yes, sir. Oh, it's almost that time. And we weren't even talking football. We were talking about the band. Exactly. <laughs> we were talking about the band. Hey, that, get... that just lets you know it's almost band season too, man. Yeah, but they say I ain't never tired. All right, Kevin Gates. <laughs> All right, Kevin Gates in the building. But nah, man, it's uh, I did it. I enjoyed it last night, but uh, it did bring up some some interesting some interesting points of view. So here we go, man. Shout out to our sponsors over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline. We'll be back one minute. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your sports information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, and player injury reports for this year's NBA and NHL playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters. This season, we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. We have everything from NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL to golf, tennis, UFC, and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head on over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a full full deck tonight. We got my man from HBCU Overdrive, Doc Holiday, in the building from the Down South Football Podcast. Our good man, David Gardner, and the man who stirred it all up last night. 
<laughs> Look at the flick of the wrist because he was stirring that thing up. Our good man heard. Contributor. I don't even know. Look, they. I mean, Herb, you, you, you got so many titles. Listen, we gonna. I, I ain't gonna even go through all of them. Listen, we just know man stirred it up. We're gonna call him Chef. Chef Herb in the building. Let's go, <laughs> fellas. Welcome back. I like that. Everybody I like that. I like. I like Chef Herb, man. Chef Herb <laughs> um, in the He was kicking everybody last night, man. Yeah, I had no choice, man. I had to. I had to put some folks in check. Like, Dave, before we get, yeah. before we get too far in this, Dave, before we get too far in this, I'm putting a disclaimer out there now. I don't want to hear nothing about no white shoes tonight. Well, you know, you started with the shoes because you said some pool bag, you know, he been petty. He, he, the P got to be for petty. He started with talking about the AM shoes and then he said Gremlin shoes. So I, I only know Gremlin for one pair of shoes. No, the white <laughs> and slippers. Then, and then the white, the white Walmart special. Um, that they have. I can't understand, man. Y'all get y'all some black shoes, man, with some spats, man. Look, yeah, hold up, man. Though. That's yeah, it. Go. But I'm done with the shoes for the night. I had Dave on the show without him bringing up. I ain't gonna lie, but I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I looked at those AM shoes, man. They look, they look nice. You know what I'm saying? I like them. Them Nikes, them ain't them Nikes. Is, 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 they dope. They dope. The, the old man shoes right there. <laughs> yeah. They gotta well, be. Looking, they gotta look better than the other. Go, go ahead, go ahead, Pooh. I'm sorry. No, no, you good, you good, fellas. Uh, first of all, I, I do want to say, Doc, I did not know you was in the band. As tall as you are, what posting up tuba players, bro? I've <laughs> been, I've been told y'all I was in the band. I played trumpet and the French horn. Another phone. You should have been. Man, you should have been in the post. Oh, don't, don't, don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. Don't, don't get it twisted. Like. <laughs> Man, like, look back then, it would have been it would have been a whole different story. <laughs> oh, okay, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to ask y'all a question. Somebody, uh, when I was in middle school, uh, I had met one of uh my dad classmates. He was like, "Hey, what y'all doing?" He said, "Uh, oh, you know, saying he's uh in the band." He said, "Oh," so I'm asking y'all the question you asked me. Beat the blow. What you play? <laughs> <laughs> Heard what, what? What was your instrument? Man, I played trumpet, baritone, mellophone. Gotcha. Doc, you already said you was a trumpet French one. Dave, what were you? Hey, man, I'm a screaming demon, man. Played trumpet album, and them sexually in 1998, 1999, and 2000. Oh, man. man. Just, just, put on, just put on YouTube, baby. Oh, You're going to see the highlights. I'm going to have to. Yeah. That was the heyday right there. Man, man, yes, Pooh, you realize you got the Hatfields and McCoys up on the stage. I right? do, I do. <laughs> but that's I, I didn't necessarily do it on purpose, but I'm Pooh glad I did. Pity, I tell you. But yeah, those guys uh I you know, we 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 joke a lot, man, but I mean those cats, you know, especially during that time period, you know, A and M was on it. I mean, they was really on it with that section. So, yeah, big shout out to the, to y'all, man. We appreciate it, man. Appreciate her. Right. So, let let I want to go here. Let's let's go here. Um, band. What does band mean to, especially in HBC culture? What does band actually really mean to the games? Okay, who wants to start? <laughs> I, I, I go. I go first. I go uh, first. 
Um, I'm gonna tell you how deep it was my freshman year at Alabama A&M, and it's been like I've been, you know, I'm, I mean, I live in Birmingham from Birmingham, but they got so deep, man. The football team, and I probably shouldn't say this, but it's old news. Football team in two consecutive summers straight used to get to fight in the, in the cab. Now here's the deal. It was because we felt like everybody came to see us. They didn't come to see the football team. Because, you know, during that time, and we didn't have the best. They weren't that great at the time. You know, they've had some great seasons. Uh, but I think it means everything to the band, it, to, the, to, the, to the game. Now, here's my thing is this. If you ever wonder how much they mean, just look at the crowds when, they, when the band, let's say a visiting band don't come, compared to when the visiting band does come. You can just look at the ticket sales, look at the attendance. Just imagine out, uh, the, the, the Magic City Classic, for example, without the bands there. Um, I think we still have a good crowd, but it wouldn't be 70,000, I guarantee. Yeah, I'll just say this, man. Um, and I think Dave is, is on point with that. I'll also put it another, you know, put it another way. Um, and I'll use... Uh, I'll use Prairie View as an example. A while back, you know, a good while back, you know, Prairie View wasn't the best football team in the world. Was anybody anybody remember? <laughs> those guys lost a lot of games. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 88 in a row. But 80, 80 in a 80, row. 80, 80 in a row. 80 in a row. And the band program was essential in keeping that program afloat and keeping people coming to games. And keeping people engaged and i think what people you know that are outside of the culture tend to kind of overlook is that when we talk about hbcu football whether it's d1 d2 or what have you um the fan experience of those games is about is one of the most unique collegiate fan experiences you're going to find in sports I, and I say that wholeheartedly, not just a, not just, you know, in college football, but in on the American sports landscape, because there's nowhere else where you're going to find the meshing of culture, identity, music and sport. Like you do at, when you walk into a stadium, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. And you hear the band, band crank up and you see the tailgates going and you see folks wrapped around the stadium, but not in the stadium because they're getting some grub and listening and waiting for the band to march in. You know, yeah. I think people, you know, and I th for the longest time, man, I think people really kind of, you know, especially those that are on the athletic side of the house, the football side of the house, has always been a rivalry between, you know, football, you know, the football establishment. And HBCUs and bands, because of that dynamic, or rather that symmetry, that has, you know, it had to be like that, you know, out of necessity, you know. So I'm, sorry, and, I'm not laughing at you, her. I'm laughing at the chat. Uh, D. Law said, "My name is Devin Miles, and I'm looking for a band scholarship. I'm one of the best uh, now drummers in the state. Uh, and my uh, cornrows are on point." <laughs> Man, he the he the first cat that's gonna be doing wall sets, bro. Why? <laughs> but, but I I I'll say this though, like I think you you don't have HBCU football without the bands. Um, nah. not 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 the way we know it. Um, 
And there's there's no coincidence that whenever these G five and P five schools, whenever they come for these guaranteed money games, what's the one stipulation that they put? You Make sure you bring the bands. Because their their fans want to be a part of that culture. Their fans want a piece of that culture because they don't get it from their institutions and their bands at their institutions. So that's the first thing that they want. They, they don't really care about the game. If you look at LSU Southern last year, that stadium was packed up until halftime. After mm -hmm. halftime, everybody left because everybody was only coming to see the band. Yeah, and and I think, you know, that's a good point. And I think that's why, you know, the news that ESPN dropped, you know, about the national championship and the framework is big because a lot of times um, there was always an excuse about, you know, why band isn't, you know, the performance art isn't a competitive thing or why um, we people shouldn't view it as such. You know, anybody that's, you know, and you guys know, anybody that's ever put on a uniform, you know, like Imagine City Classic, me and Dave wouldn't be talking right now. Me and Dave <laughs> would be, you know, yeah, man, y'all kick rocks. Go back to go back to normal or go back to Montgomery. You know what I'm saying? So but you know, after that we you know, we'd be cool. But you know, it's just a you know, Pooh, anybody that's and Pooh, you you familiar with Southern and, and Grambling and Southern Jackson State, mm -hmm. you know, those rivalries are, are just as intense, you know just as drama filled as the football rivalries and yeah. and the fact that we have a framework now that kind of goes along with it you know i think ultimately is great for the fans but it's also great for the programs too because it's going to force programs to really force programs and force schools and administrations and institutions to really invest you know because i think uh you know you know, I'm a DC kid, and I, I mean, when I, I grew up on Howard and Norfolk State, and, and you know, I knew, you know, what those bands were like growing up, you know, growing up on them, you know, but a lot of people across the country didn't, you know, I knew what A&T, who A&T was, and, you know, I knew Hampton had a band back in the day, all sorts of stuff, but the real key to having an event like this and having the, having something like this that's consistent is that it's viewed in a different light, you know, and it's a big opportunity for schools to use the bands as marketing tools like they are. You know, they're already big marketing tools for institutions, but now you're putting a framework to it, you're putting some cash to it that the schools are going to be getting, you know, and you're getting a chance to tell the story of what HBC marching bands are about and what they mean to the culture. You know, and you're doing it outside of the realm of an exhibition. You know, um, I mean, the only other equivalent I can think of right off the top of my head is Drum Corps International. If you're, you know, if you're familiar with Drum Corps International, um, you know, those guys do core style band. And it's not those those aren't even school affiliated. You know, a lot of folks that are in band programs and schools or or even HBC programs. I marched in, I, I was a part of Drum Corps. Um, uh, cadets of Bergen County when they were cadets of Bergen County instead of cadets. And that was, you know, I'm not dating myself here, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's a really good thing to see those things because anybody that looked at that model, man, those guys, 
you know, the sponsors come out of the woodwork for those guys. You know, you know, those kids are traveling. Those are private organizations. And we have the opportunity to do the same thing, but with our schools. And that is, to me, that's huge. Yeah. You know, it, and it's something that's long overdue. And I think um, Dave and, and Doc can probably attest, you know, there was, you know, the idea has always been there, but there was always some roadblocks. And some of the yeah. roadblocks were internal <laughs> to that. Yeah, my, you know, when it comes down to it, like I said last night, man, like, it don't matter who, if you in the band, it don't matter who you, you know what I'm saying, who playing. Like, you literally, once you put once you put that uniform on with those spats and whatever you got, you know, however you, you know, you, you get going, it was like going to war. You know what I'm saying? It's basically, you basically battling the band across you. Like, I want to blow, I want to crank, see who could crank the loudest. I want to see who has the best field show. A lot of people, you know, when I talked to a lot of kids, when I was uh, at Jackson, it's like, when Southern came, when Southern Week came, like, they in the whole zone. Like, they don't come back to the room. Usually they come back in the room around about 10 or 10, 11. They don't come back to the room like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning because they 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 getting ready for battle. And it's, I think the same thing, you can say the same thing for Southern, for the, uh, for the jukebox. They get to go to battle. And it, it doesn't matter who 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 is in front of us. Like, I'm, I want to see if I want to destroy you. <laughs> yeah, is on the field and in the stands. <laughs> yeah, I ain't go. I ain't go lie, man. I'm gonna tell you, my first year at Alabama State, man, uh, that was 1993. Our first game, you know, was Gulf Coast Classic against Southern, and we had a whole lot of hype coming that year. We had, we were pushing about what two, two twenty, two thirty, two forty instrumentalists, talking yeah. a whole bunch of crap. And we went into that stadium and got our wigs split. Yeah, I mean, about 128 horns. Whew. Mm. Boy, we. It was I only mean, Southern was only margin 128. Man, that was PTSD right there, boy. We boy, still talk about. We still the, talk, We we call that the great blowout of 1993. The first <laughs> time. I, the first time I heard I seen Southern in person was my freshman year in 1997, and bro, I ended up with a whole headache for the the whole night because they was that loud. We would sit on the up, just listen to on the other side. And then it's so crazy because when you leave out the stadium, you could still hear them just, just blowing, you know what I'm saying? In the stadium, you probably about, about maybe a third or mile to your car or something like that. You can still hear them in the studio. I, uh, I think that a lot of people take for granted real quick uh, is the work. They they see the work that the athletes put in, and that right. is very just do. They put a lot of strain on their body. God says I I have a son that goes through that on the collegiate level, so I I see it, I understand it. But I think people take for granted because you're in the band, you ain't put in work. I'm gonna give you a perfect example of a summer band practice when I was there. Things have changed, but you are let's just say first day of practice, you're up running at six a.m. You eat breakfast at eight. You leave breakfast, you got sectionals by 10. You take a break. You're inside at about 11. You break for lunch. You come back to sectionals at about 2. Then yeah. you go inside full band to about 3. You break for dinner at about 4 or 5. <clears throat> After that, you're on the field at about 6 o'clock until, until. 
This is yeah. one day. This is yeah. one day. Yeah, and I and I, you know, just to piggyback off what Dave said, where you, you talk about injuries during training yeah. camp. I've seen more blown knees, more torn ligaments, more torn tendons. I mean, you would think that you were at you were at two a days in football. I mean, it's yeah, no it's joke. I know my like I said, I you know, I've seen, you know, and I mean, and some of the, you know, a lot of the, the conditioning and calisthenics and stuff that yes. we do are designed to get you in shape because not only do you have games to worry about, but certain programs, particularly parade heavy programs like Tennessee State, Southern, you're going to be marching parades, you know, almost 365 days a year, whether yes. it's Mardi Gras, whether it's, you know, you know, media engagements that you're going to get. Um, I know when I was in school, we, you know, we traveled and did football games and NFL games and the like, and we had to do parades, you know, along with them. So, it, you know, it's it, folks that think this is some, you know, some sort of, you know, just leisurely activity. If you don't come prepared to pre-drill, you know, wherever, if you, well, let, I'll just say this, regardless of what band program you go into, any band program worth their worth their salt, and you come in thinking pre-drill is a joke, you're not going to last a week. It, it's particularly you know if the program is is has a high standard of performance and ex in in a in a tradition about it. Um, it's you know I've seen a lot of kids you know a lot of students find that out the hard way, you mm -hmm. know where. You know, they thought it was a joke. Yeah, you're good on your horn, but are you good with everything else? And in a lot of instances, you're not, you know, mm -hmm. so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's why, you know, we're explaining things last night on HBC Nightly. You know, sometimes folks don't don't really get the fact that, you know, people are about, you know, the rivalries are passionate and the folks that, um that are part of programs, you know, um, that stuff stays with you for life. Like I, you know, I did military service after, you know, after school and, you know, basic training wasn't nothing compared to pre-drill. <laughs> you know, it wasn't not, to me, it wasn't nothing compared to, you know, I was, we were already doing that stuff, getting up four in the morning, doing calisthenics, you know, doing crab walks and death marches on the field and practice, you know, that stuff came with the territory. So, you know, it, I, I want folks that are listening to the show that may not be familiar with the work that kids put in. Um, those kids put in work and those kids are extremely talented. And not only that, they're looking for competition, particularly for, and that was part of the point we were trying to make last night Yeah, on HBC Nightly for, uh, for teams and programs that are not affiliated with the HBC conferences because, you know, at the end of the day, those kids are looking to compete and looking to play against people. And the fact that there's a framework that's available for everybody gives everybody a rubric to measure themselves against, which is great. You know, now, now I'll you know, the further on we get into the show, I'll say that I don't think the, I don't think the framework goes far enough. You know, I think the framework is a start, okay? You know, because it, it only evaluates one aspect of the culture and one aspect of the performance art, you know. And I think Dave and Doc can tell you that, 
you know, when a band comes into the stadium, you know, they're you know they're competing from the moment they march in, from the moment they get into formation to the moment that fifth quarter is over with and they march out and even after. Right. So that's something that I think, you know, what ESPN is doing is a really good start. And I think, you know, the undefeated was, you know, I know Don Roberts, the guy that's that was over the undefeated polls and stuff, they were doing a really good job. I think it's a good start, but I think it's leaving a, a lot of room for um, for other frameworks and other entities to, you know, put their own frameworks together for bands to to compete. And I think that's excellent. All right. So our good man, Dave, anti-Dave, uh, he said uh, he had friends who didn't do band their senior year just to see what it was like to be a regular student. Hey, yeah. Yeah, that was weird <laughs> for me. Yeah. That was weird, dude. I mean, so, that's, that was, uh, you know, I th- I did, you know, I didn't march my senior, I didn't march my last year at State, and it was just like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. What, what I, I don't know if I could have survived being a regular student, not in graduated. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I would have had way, way too much time on my hand. Uh, at least for me, you know, knowing, knowing where I had to be, at least, it, you know, I, I knew that, you know, 4.15 where I need to be, 6, Days 7 o'clock where I need to be. It gave me structure. And I yeah. knew that if I wanted to continue to participate, I had to hit the books. I had to do what I needed. I wasn't a straight A student, but I did enough to do what I needed to do. So for me, it was structured. I my I, I was on the reverse of that. I don't see how the kids that was not involved in anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be banned. Anything. I don't see how they survived. But because that's just, but, that you know, me. but it's just like what you just said. It's a structure. Like even when even when it comes down to it, like you can still use that same structure that you had when you was in the marching band. And use that in your everyday life. Yeah, to you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it, like when it comes down, like getting up at a certain time, you know, getting up at seven or eight o'clock in the morning, and you you on a schedule, you you on a constant schedule. So people just don't, under, you know, some people don't understand that, like just being, you know, being in the band, just being on a constant schedule, and. Just been when you just being a regular student, you, like you said, you have a lot of time on your hands. Too much. Yeah. Spring and semester, I, I would struggle because I was like, well, I don't know what the hell to do because we had a uh, winter ensemble or jazz band, but I had way too much time on my hand. You know, I mean, I mean, I was either you know drinking or going to basketball game. That's pretty much what I did uh, yeah. in the spring. So. Hey, I got I got D-Lo says Doc and all the band folks on the call. Tell the truth. What was your 2K band level when you were marching? Zero to 100. <laughs> well, I t- well, I- I'll be real, man. I, you know, I, I think I was about an 87, 88. Okay. Trumpet. Okay. You know. What, what was your What oh. was your strength? Was it uh, your marching style? Was it your play? What was your strength? I just think I was a really good all around bandsman all the way around. You know, I wasn't no screamer, or I mean, I could scream, but. We had cats in our in our section when I was marching. I was designated for it. You know, you could plug me in the first, second, third, or fourth. You know, and what people really don't, you know, people hear that and they're like, "Well, you play third or fourth chair." No, you want strong players on your bottom parts. You know, in your sections because if you don't, Paul. That... <laughs> stop <laughs> it, man. <laughs> if you don't, man, it's gonna it's gonna really affect the overall sound quality and color of the band. 
you know, so, and that's, yeah. you know, and, you know, not to, you know, get into the more technical aspects of, of what, you know, these ensembles really strive for when they, you know, try to, you know, connect with audiences, but that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, yeah. That's why, you know, you've got certain bands that have a certain reputation for having really good arrangements, really good sound concept and sound quality. And then you got other bands that, uh well sound like crap yeah yeah <laughs> just, just, just be real with it yeah hey you know. hey if i had to answer that question i wasn't a dancer so i'd probably give myself about a 70 in dancing you know margin march style i was probably about a 92. you know screaming i was a 99. so i'm a 97 across the board man i'm a 97. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm I'll, saying? I'll, you know I'll, I'll, you know yeah i see you section leader yeah, that it's entire right. section. That entire section while y'all were there, man, y'all was on some crack or something, bro. Yeah. Doc, what about you? Man, I'd probably say about an eighty. I ain't, you know, what I'm saying, I, I ain't gonna say I was the best dancer, like you said, but you know, when it came down to to the music, like just reading it and, and, and just playing the, the way it's supposed to be played. I mean, I, I'm like at a ninety-five on that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and I think uh, the good thing, you know, you know, having discussions about this is, is that, you know, when we share our experiences, you know, about our, you know, buttonheads or running against the other band, you know, those things last generation. Like, um, you know, the the platform that I run, um, View from the Sidelines, you know, started a long time ago on a message board called the Fifth Quarter. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, I was a columnist on the fifth quarter. That's where the co- that's where the name view from the sidelines came from. Um, and Christy Walker and Mike Lee, you know, uh, Alabama A and M grad and North Carolina A and T grad, founded the site. And oh, Mike uh, Lee, Mike Lee, I'm sorry, Pratt, I'm brother. Yeah, my frat brother. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> Mike is cool cat. Um, yeah. You know, they found. I mean, I mean, there were some trailblazers, man, for real because we probably wouldn't have the social media reach and impact that we have now if it wasn't for that site, if it wasn't for those, you know, that initial community coming together and really opening, you know, lifting the blinds, pulling the blinds back, so to speak, on what the culture is. You know what I'm saying? So it's, um, you know, and I think Dave is, you know, Dave was on, on that platform. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Saturdays and Sundays hit the message board, folks. You know, it's just like you know, it was. It would be just like right. HBC nightly was. That was and that was before YouTube, so you couldn't get any video. Wasn't no video. I mean, unless somebody had a VHS tape. So you would go to the fifth quarter and read through the through the blog to see who got blown out. But that right. question that Adrian put up there, ten C or seven C, for me, man, I I played on a ten and a half in high school. I was my whole section basically played on Shilkins, man. Six eight four yeah. eight. Uh, we didn't do the seven C. We use, you know, you know, I got, you know, I got to do it. That that was Bama State that was using seven C's over there. Yeah, we we you had, know, you know, <laughs> Yo, so I, we, I, I could, I could, it wouldn't be me if I didn't take a shot. I got to take a but, shot. See, we ain't had no choice though. Danny Davis made us play on those seven C's, but that made yeah, us. Yeah, man, that was that, no, that made us that made us stronger though. Yeah, Adrian said five C Dave. Nah, six eight four eight Shilky, man. Nah, man, big boy stuff. Nah, we need other stuff down in Montgomery, you know. They, 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 they with baritones over there. 
Hey man, so, <laughs> just I'm just talking. Just talking. Hey man, hey. but uh, it's um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's good stuff. I, by the way, I I saw swacking swacking the fools post, man. I that triangle thing. Yeah, G said he played triangle. <laughs> yeah, y'all funny, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, no. but yeah, oh, dude. Man. I think you know we talk about, and I think you know it's a good thing that we get a chance to talk about. Um, the actual structure, the framework for this national championship, because I'm trying, I'm trying to get that hurt. Hurt. Let, let me, let me run the thing. I'm, I'm gonna get you there. I'm gonna get my you bad, there. My bad. I'm gonna get you there. All right. <laughs> all right. Let me ask y'all a question. Any of y'all still play or, or dabble in music at all? Or, I do. Okay. I yeah, I do. Um, you know, I started back because I'm trying to, I'm trying to pass this on to my daughter. So, okay. you know, that's a. You know, she's. I mean, I'm. I'm really blessed to have an 11 year old that has been exposed to the culture, and that's all she asks about. Got you know, you. she's. You know, I. I you know, you got to raise kids right the way you want them raised. So, um, you know, she's a. Uh, you know, she's excited. You know, she's been coming with me on my media endeavors and covering the culture and and bands and the like. So, you know, that was one thing that I made a promise to myself that I was gonna going to pass this on to her so yeah. um yeah i think um you know i i can't speak for anybody else but i know a lot of folks um you know that experience sticks with them it's a you know it's a lifetime it's a lifelong experience it's a lifelong connection yeah. so yeah, my, you talked about doc talked about not having sports for his child my daughter she ain't no she ain't in the sports but i at least got her in the band so I at least got some kind of scholarship opportunity coming, hopefully, somewhere down the line. Nah, yeah, but it, 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 when it comes down to it, like, I wanted my kids to do the same thing that I did, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But I just yeah. know that they got their own endeavors. My little girl, she she want to be a, she a cheerleader, so I'm going to be just down with her when she be cheerleading. So I heard it. Ready, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, nah. yeah I mean, man, y'all funny. But you got I'm I'll tell people like this. My 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 baby girl is eight years old and she's like mm-hmm. four foot seven. So you know what I'm saying? She mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. And the, and that's the cool thing about being a part of the culture is that you know i mean, let's be real, everybody doesn't have the opportunity to have an athletic outlet. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Whether it's, you know, you're not going to, if you don't have that kid that's going to, that's interested in sports or maybe interested, but, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know, their interest kind of drifts something else, someplace else, you know, it's a perfect medium for it, for me, you know, in my opinion, because, you know, it, it provides a lot of family, community, you know, camaraderie, you know, fellowship brotherhood sisterhood whatever you want to call it um and you get to compete you know like i said that's you know and i and i gotta i gotta emphasize this for folks that you know aren't really familiar with the culture that are watching that we're about as competitive as any entity on a campus man so how so how okay tell us this then how do bands compete because I know most of the time when people think competition, they think, okay, four quarters, 
two halves, whatever. Put us put a, you no know, time on the clock at the end of the at the end of the time. Who got the most points? I Man, think most it? people here when most people hear competition, that's what they think. So how do well, bands I, compete? Bro, it's I'll my it's like money. It's my money, mono. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you, you, know. you that, Dave. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Well, well, I think the competition starts before you before the lights even come on. You're competing at practice. You're competing in your section, just like just like sports. You're competing. You you don't want to be the low man on the totem pole. You know what I mean? Just speaking for my instrument, we have first, second, third parts. No matter all parts are important, but you don't want to be the worst on 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 whatever part it is. So the competition starts there, even well before game day. Um, one thing that I think that some of the newer fans may take for not fans, but bands may take that I could be wrong. They may take it for granted is the halftime show. Back in the day before the field quarter, you only had the halftime show. So that's mm-hmm. when everybody got to see you. Now it's more so pushed towards the fifth quarter, but in what they're getting to now, that halftime show importance is going to be is going to be huge because I doubt if ESPN is going to be sitting there at the fifth quarter showing the fifth quarter. But what they're going to ah. show is that halftime show. So as far as competition, man, you're competing at practice. You're competing when you get off the bus. When you march in, you're competing from your even the warm up. You play your scales, your 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 marches. You're competing from the time that bus stops. You get out. And you get information. So the competition starts yeah. long before what the people see. Yeah, and and to add to that, you know, when you know, when you compare it to you know, to a sports framework, um, you know, you can you know, like football, basketball, you compete in the score, win the game, what have you. Um, it's the same thing with us, except that our medium are the fans. You know what I'm yes. saying? That's you who know, keep score. So that's who keeps score. And and the fact that we have a framework now that kind of quantifies that into um, a formula to kind of, you know, determine a pecking order, you know, for, for lack of a better term is great, you know, for the lot, for the longest time, you know, people, and that's kind of why I think a lot of folks that are outside of um, that aren't band heads or that aren't really immersed in, in what HBCU bands are kind of, get caught up on the terminology of exhibition and, and whether it's a competition or not because it's a it's competition but it's framed in a different in a different light. You know what I'm saying? It's just like um you know, I think a good analogy was used last night, uh gymnastics, where folks are being you know, you're competing, but you're competing to perfect your your well, routine. Cool. For the score to perfect your routine to perfect your craft, it's more, it's more you versus you than it is you versus the other. Competitor. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know for HBCU bands, it's elements of both now with the frame, you know, with the competition framework that's in place. So, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I said earlier that there's a lot of room for, um, you know, that framework to grow because that's not the all-encompassing. Um, aspect of what the culture is you know just like dave said you know we compete from the time we get into formation to the time we get out of it whether you're talking about you know percussion and auxiliary sections whether you're talking about dance teams whether you're talking about sections um you know and i think the way it's been done before particularly when you know, you see separate events like Battle of the Bands events or stand battles or, or gym battles now that are really popular. Um, 
you know, the culture has drifted in that direction, but the competition element is still there because you're still got that mono e mono um you know you got that mono e mono uh standard where you got two bands facing each other like you know for a good example of this is the bayou classic you know anybody that's been to the bayou classic has been to the bayou classic battle of the bands um the night before and i know i've you know last time i went was a couple of years it was like two or three years ago and you know we always talked about you know what we do you know, at the Magic City Classic, but, you know, that intensity, you could cut that intensity in the Superdome with a knife. You know, when you wait until the end of the, you know, the end of the evening and both bands march out and they sit down and, you know, and you got half the, you know, half the, the of the dome yeah. filled up. You got you the know? whole step show building all of the, you know what I'm saying, building up the momentum for it. And as soon as you hear them first few notes being played, everybody just... You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's that's what everybody. That's the moment everybody's waiting for. And yeah. honestly, it's 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 more build up and momentum for that than it is the kickoff on the day the next day. Yeah, and and I think the other thing, and I think the other thing that's going to be really clear, uh, the more people become very familiar with what the culture is and and all the intricacies of it, is that there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. There's a lot of strategy that goes into designing a field show. There's a lot of strategy that goes into, you know, putting together a repertoire of music that you're going to use during the season. You know, for you know, for those of us that are in, you know, those things again start from the moment we march into the set, march into the stadium and sit down. You know, before the game, where there's a zero quarter and you hear the bands playing back and forth. You know, you got directors and staff strategizing what to play. They're listening to hear who plays what, how they sound, and what you can respond with. You know, hmm. that's um, that's really evident after the halftime show and going into the fifth quarter, you know, particularly with the fifth quarter because there's no more game going on at that point. And the audience that's there is there focused strictly on the bands. So, um, you know, I think people are going to really get, you know, are really going to be enlightened by, you know, how those things kind of work themselves out. In the swag, it's, you know, I mean, it's like for us, it's like breathing water, you know, it's yeah. like breathing air because, you know, we can't, you know, we can't not think like that. Otherwise we won't get embarrassed on Saturday <laughs> because, you know, if you go into a situation where you're not prepared or you don't have your book prepared with, you know, I mean, I'll be real, man. I mean, I, I don't, I, I would never put a, any band that I would be directing in a position where I'm going up against Southern or Texas Southern or any of these talented cats that are directing and arranging uh, without no without no ammo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just I, I can't. You know that. I mean, I, I've I've been on the receiving end of one of those, and it's not good. <laughs> it's never good. All right. Hey, so let's take. I, I do want to uh, come back and actually talk about this competition. Talk about this championship. And uh, the setup and everything. But first, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. And we're back. I know y'all ain't y'all like, what? Ain't nobody saying that. Uh, nah, it's going to be, you'll hear it on the uh, audio podcast if you listen back. Uh, but, man, I do want to get into this actual uh, competition, uh, the announcement of it and everything. Uh, I want to start with you, Dave, because I know you you got a 
you got uh obligations in in a short while uh but i want to start with you uh what was your initial reaction after hearing about this uh championship that's been set up well first of all shameless plug real quick uh if you guys in the birmingham area man i what i gotta do i gotta go back on the other side and shut down the cigar lounge here in a second so if you're in the birmingham area man you smoke cigar come by chinchilla man chinchilla room here pre base smoke so all right that out of the way now uh when i first heard it man i thought that it was i thought it was it was cool man it was something that um i think that should have been done a long time ago some form of this uh because we'd always have battle of the bands but again nobody was ever crowned a winner nor a loser you know what i mean so my first impression was like okay cool that's that's kind of dope now when i put my thinking cap on now i gotta wonder what you're looking at what are you judging off of you know what i mean are we going off of popularity well uh that ain't that ain't it uh you know are you gonna have some band heads really sitting there you know breaking things down now my next thing too is a just feel show if it's just field show, then uh, I can already tell you who's probably going to be there. Now, if you're going to take the whole thing and come in the fifth quarter and everything, then we, then we still – I still got a, an idea who it's going to be. But I love the idea. I love that the spotlight is being put on it. I would, if I'm just thinking down the line, I would love for maybe ESPN on one of their platforms would be dope if they showed the fifth quarter. Uh, after maybe the big games, it don't have to be all the games, but just the big games. Just kind of get that out there. But they can do I love the exposure. They show they right. show the they show so the trophy yeah. tournament for the cornhole. Yeah, yeah you're right. Well, we're right. Not so they can if they, yeah, right. So if they can encompass encompass like the fifth quarter as well. That way you see the whole experience because as as bandsmen, we look at you know most band heads is really going to judge off that fifth quarter. But your fans, the people, the the, the sixty thousand people that's in that stadium, they're going to judge it off of the halftime show. So yeah, it, you know it, it's going to be tough how they pick them. Uh, but I like the fact that they're getting the light shine on. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think Dave is on point there. Um, I mean, I got a chance to look at uh, the framework, you know, firsthand. I talked with some of the cast from ESPN uh, earlier this week, and. You know, there's some things that are going to be really apparent. One, um, halftime shows are going to be the exclusive, you know, measuring rubric for it. So, you know, there won't be any fifth quarters or zero quarters or anything like that that are going to be factored into it. Um, I think I said this earlier in the show. Uh, Don Roberts, uh, who is, um, you know, uh, from the FAMU school, um, you know, of influence. Uh, he's heading up that team that's going to be adjudicating halftime shows. I think uh, the bands that participate, um, first, there's going to be two divisions, uh, Division One and Division Two. I'm assuming that they're going to follow on conference affiliations because most of the Division One bands are, you know, SWAC, MEAC. Um, you know, you've got some independents, even though they're part of other conferences like North Carolina A&T, Hampton, um, Tennessee State that are going to be in division one and division two, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be covering the SWAC. I'm not the SWAC, but the CIAA, the SIAC, and any um, non-affiliated NAIA bands like GCAC, like Talladega, uh, Wilberforce, um, some of those bands. So, um, you know, I I can tell you right off, you know, just looking at the criteria, 
you know, and that I'm a you know getting more detail with this when I do my top ten this weekend and put it out on you, you from the sidelines. But you know, there are a couple of bands that stand out already um, that are tailor made for a competition like this. Um, in the SWAC, I mean, I would say Jackson State and Southern, um, and and Florida A and M, um, primarily because those guys have a specific type of formula that they put on the field for fans. Um, you know, those three bands encompass different things. Like Florida A&M is, they're a show band, but they're really traditional in terms of how they put together their field shows, in terms of how, you know, what their sound concept is. You know, they, they're very intricate, but they're very in the pocket. I'll put it like this. The thing with Cookman is kind of there, but I'm gonna get into I'm 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 gonna save that for view from the sidelines because I mm. gotta really break some stuff down. Mm. Um. Oh, but yeah, um, I'll probably uh, get into a little bit more, but I want to get I want to get Doc's view on what we got, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, like you said, basically, like you were saying that. The comp- this uh just the competition is uh good for a certain amount of uh schools that have you know that fit the criteria like you said last night Jack State Southern from swag Jack State Southern um and FAMU you can kind of include let's say you can include Prairie View you can include Texas Southern in the, in the whole thing um uh, as far as with the field composition um and then like we also said last night um other schools gonna have to step up their their level of play it's just like 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 i said it's just it's like sports so you gotta you gotta level up you gotta you gotta level up with the competition that you that you're going up against so you know you're not good in the stands you're gonna you know your strong point is gonna be on that field (laughs) Yeah. And and if you're not good, you know, you're not good on that field, you know what I'm saying? You gotta at least have a, a, a consistent playbook to to basically pretty much basically entertain the fans though. Cause it cause that, I, even though ESPN is is great and all this, at the end of the day, the fans are, are gonna be the ones that gonna judge the you know what I'm saying what you do on that field or what you do in the stands. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that because D-Live says, I think fans can be a part of the rubric, uh, fan favorite category, but fans usually don't know who won the battle. So yeah. let me let me swing this to Dave. Dave, real quick, before you, before you get ready to, you know, say handle your business. Uh, in a band competition, realistically, I saw, you know, we know what fans like. Oh, who danced the best and, and who, you know what I'm saying, who played my favorite song. In a band competition, no, there are certain things that are judged. Tell us what was some, you know, saying some of that that actually is a part of a band competition. Man, first thing is going to be the drill. You know, the drill, your drill. That's going to be number one to me. Number two is going to be your arrangements. When I talk about arrangements, for those that may not know, we're talking about the the actual music that they're playing and how it's structured. You know how it sounds. You know. And that's why I uh, heard was talking about FAM and Southern Jack States, even Texas Southern, their arrangements are gonna be on point. Now, also, I'm gonna tell you something that I think that 
I read the data, I think they're going to take it into consideration in this are your, your dancers, your, your, your dance girls. All right. Uh, that's going to be a huge thing, too. So when you're talking about competition, you're talking about the drills, you're talking about the arrangement, you're talking about the sound. You know, they do you sound good, your volume. You know what I mean? What kind of are you, are you powerful? And then, like I said, you got your dance team. That's why I like Alabama State on one portion of that because they have the honeybees. And the stingheads have always been outstanding. Uh, and the honeybees are just something. They bring a flavor that nobody else is untapped. Nobody else can do it. Nobody else has done it. I don't think anybody else will try because it'll only be a copycat uh, yeah. scenario. So yeah. those are things I, 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 I think that you look at. Yeah, I think um, I think Dave is absolutely right, man. And, you know, just to add on to that, I think, you know, one of the things that we we kind of talk about when we talk shop in terms of how shows are put together and how fans receive shows and connect to them, you know, there are certain programs that do really good job of doing what we like to call the themed halftime show, where yes. there's a theme from start to finish of the halftime show on the field. Um, North Carolina A&T comes immediately to mind. Those guys I are. To, I was about to say. Those guys are the masters of that, and no, I mean, uh, you know, Doctor Ruff has done an awesome job of really um, putting his stamp on that program. Um, Norfolk State, you know, another band that has a a real hybrid style, and they do a really good job of of putting together themed half day, halftime show and really integrating all of those elements into a really cohesive total package for fans to ingest. Um, that's going to be really important when we when the season gets started and these guys start evaluating shows because ultimately that's you know that's going to be the standard. You know that's what the rubric's going to base on. When we talk about um, when we talk about fans, um, you know fans are going to be part of the overall you know the overall effect. Um, that's probably going to be part of a category in terms of their, you know, their appreciation, their input, in terms of how they receive a show. Um, now, I'm not sure how the team that's going to be adjudicating this is going to um, structure it, and I'm pretty sure that ESPN is going to release it later. But um, it's definitely something that um, it's definitely something that we're going to have to take into consideration, man, and that you're going to see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my and another thing I like, uh, I like also with the band, and you know, basically since I'm you know I'm in Texas, uh, when it comes down to like uh, just a break in within the uh, halftime show, and you have uh, you have the the the, the drum break, uh, I know Prairie View is 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 the by far is the best to do that. In, in the sweat, and I see A and T. They, like you said, they are masters when it comes down to that drum break. And I'm looking at Norfolk State, um, but uh, some that that's something that I would take in. You know, I took you know would take into consideration when it comes to you know just the hat of what the play on the field. And, and Doc, one thing I would say to that is. I'll just say this is for something, something just so minute. Like to me, in the swag, I don't think anybody's out doing a drill, out drilling Southern. I don't. That's just my personal perspective. Now, oh, no. when it comes to a when it comes to a dance routine, uh oh, they're terrible. <laughs> oh, it's trash. 
and straight tracks. So Uh-oh. so you can make up you could probably make up some points and get a little, you know what I'm saying, get a little leverage if you you know if your dance routine is good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Now now of course, you know, uh they got the dancing dolls, so they they gonna always be on point. So my right. thing is if 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 Southern if if I'm battling Southern in, in the final four, then I got to have a, a solid drill. My dance girls got to be on point, but I could win it off of that dance routine unless they bring back the old thriller routine. You know, they can always throw that in there. They'll probably win. But other than that, you know, <laughs> they bring the old I mean, I thriller like routine chances. back. That's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's over with. It's over with. You know. Yeah, I think uh, I think that all of that is going to be really important. Um, you know, and I think you you know the fact that we got two divisions too um, says a lot too. You know, I mean, there are some, you know, Division Two is going to be some smaller bands from smaller programs. Um, you know, bands that immediately come to mind, uh, Kentucky State. Kentucky State was smoking last year. Yes, sir. You know, they were, they were, they were, yes, they sir. were beasts. Uh, Kentucky State, um, Benedict, you know, they have a really good program. Yeah. Um, um, surprisingly, you know, Wilberforce and Winston, Wilberforce, Winston-Salem, um, they have good programs. Um, Central State, you know, Blake Gaines is down there. They might open some eyes, you know, for some people. Um, there's a lot. I'm say Miles, Miles College. Yeah, uh, Miles College. Yeah, yes, Miles. Sir. Miles. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I think, I mean, it's hard for us, you know, me and Dave to say this because Miles is. Yeah, yeah, man. It's all I had to say it, but I, yeah, I mean, man. you know, yeah, man. I mean, it's just something that, but, you know, you got to give them credit, you know, um, you know, that staff down there has had those guys really consistent, you know, um, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, just being, you know, a consistent force in that conference in the SIAC. So um, I'm really, you know, excited to see what they got. Um, You know, um, I'm telling you, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm really excited to see what, you know, Mississippi Valley has. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Julian, yeah, Julian Bonds is down there. Um, anybody, you know, all the bandheads that are in the audience, he used to, you know, he used to be over at Talladega College. Um, somehow, you know, we, yeah, again, Talladega College for us is one of those bands in the state that we, we, you know, we kind of get indigestion talking about. But, um, you know, but we got to give them props because they've kind of, they don't have the benefit of a football program, but they've really put together. A really solid program without that benefit. So, um, you know, it, it's you know all the way around. It's going to be really interesting to see what these programs come up with, how creative they can be, because that's going to make the difference. That's what's going to get them to Celebration Bowl weekend. You know, so um, I'm really excited to see what you know what the you know what the season has in store. Yeah. I, so- I- Hold up real quick, Doc. Hey, first off, my man Dave, go ahead. I know you got to get a step out on this, man. First of all, uh, tell their people where they can find you. And, uh, again, as always, fam, we appreciate you. Hey, man, no problem, man. First of all, uh, Doc, Herb, I appreciate, you know, you guys being on with me. Uh, Golden Boot, I appreciate, you know, the opportunity to talk. So anytime you guys want to talk HBCU sports, man, just hit me up. But you can find me on the Down South Football Podcast. Uh, you can find me at IMDL Garden on all all platforms. And also, you can see me at the Chinchilla Room at Pre-Bay Smokes, man. Cigar, the Premier Cigar Lounge 
here in Birmingham, man. This is HBCU built, and it's for us, man, by us. So um, that's it, man. I enjoyed my time on. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our good man, Dave. Appreciate you, bro. All right. Let's get back. Uh, get back to uh to the conversation at hand. Uh, I do want to ask because um, uh, <laughs> Nigel says uh, if it's field shows, fam, you taking it every time. Uh, but we we oh, talked man. about um. Oh, and hold up, Coach B. What's good, Coach B? Said, what would the bands be willing to work with TV producers to make sure the fifth quarter can be televised after a game? That's a good question. I think they would be. I mean, I, I mean, if you're talking about programs um, in the SWAC in particular, um, that's that's cold-blooded SWAC. That's really cold-blooded. Bro. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, to answer the question, I think they would be. You know, and not just ESPN either, but there are other platforms that are looking for that type of content. I know the NFL Network um, uh, had a couple of, you know, had a couple of HBCU games on last year. Where they showcased the bands and they did a hell of a job in terms of covering them, in terms of covering halftime shows, you know, getting the sounds and the angles and stuff right. So I think those guys would be very interested in content. Um, and I think ultimately, the more people learn about what the culture is, I think that, you know, I mean, I think that the sky's the limit when it comes to that. You know, it's just a matter of, um, you know, the folks that, you know, that are making the decisions. You know, in the leadership of these programs, um, it, it, you know, it's it's up to them to make it work. Let me ask you this, right. sir. You talked about Dega. Uh, Tori Williams asked, would Dega have to just film a dress rehearsal since they don't have wicked <laughs> field performance opportunity? Like, I'm not trying to make wow, fun of them, but seriously. That's bro. When would they get their opportunities to, to you know, for their – Halftime performances or their on-field performances. Well, I think the well, the good thing about the way the culture is now, you know, the way the framework is now, is that even though this is a national championship framework, there are plenty of battle of the band opportunities where folks do field shows throughout the entire season. You know, I mean, like for example, Labor Day weekend. You know, you got the national. You know, you got the Pepsi National Battle of the Bands that's starting the season off. You got the Honda, although the Honda is going to come pretty late. Um, but you've got regional joints that are during the entire season that these bands come to and can, you know, set a schedule and say, hey, look, you know, we want you to evaluate X, Y, and Z show. So I don't, you know, I think that's a good question, but I think they can get around that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking in the chat. Um, um, D-Lob just said, don't sleep on Texas Southern. I I, in, in my opinion, I never, I would never sleep on Texas Southern. When yeah. I listened to them last well, season, man, they 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 scared me with Brian Simmons over there, man, for real. Last yeah, year, they, they, they was they were smoking. Like you know, they went with with watching them and listening to them last season. When I went to the game, they played Southern. I I was like, ooh, they give they were giving the jukebox a run for their money last year in the stands and on that field. Yeah, like, and yeah, and. And that's the, and I think that's the other thing too that people, um, you know, should understand about the craft is that, just like football, man, recruiting is important. You know, uh, getting kids from certain programs in certain regions is important. You know, I mean, band directors got to get out and recruit. 
just like coaches do. You know what I'm saying? That's how. That's why you have programs that have certain standards like Southern and and Florida A and M and Bethune and Jackson. You know, that's why they're able to keep the standard the way the way they keep because they're able to get out and recruit and the name gets out there and they're able to attract the best talent that you can get. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of backstory to what we do that is going to really make, you know, a competition like this really pop for audiences and mainstream audiences, because in a lot of ways, it's just like football. It's just like basketball, because those are things that are important for, you know, those competitive teams and entities to succeed, you know, yeah. you know. So you for, the, for those, for my bad for interrupting, oh, but for good. those, for those sports, we always do a preseason rankings, preseason polls, and I know, and I know you're coming out with your preseason polls, so I'm not gonna ask you that. But since we're talking about this national championship, just throw out some names of teams who could possibly see them. Say, I'm not asking you to rank them. You know, just some teams we could possibly see in the, in the national championship. Okay, I, I I guess I'll go first on this one. Um, I'll put it in no particular order. I'm gonna put out uh I'm gonna put out a a top six. Okay. okay. North Carolina A and T, Florida A and M, Norfolk State. Southern, Jackson State, and Bethune Cookman for, Bethune, for, for okay. division for division uh, for di- for division one, but that's kind of conditional. I have to I'll, I'll get into detail on that when I when I do the poll. Uh, division two, um, Kentucky State, Benedict, Miles. Albany State. Hmm. That's a that's a sleep that's a sleeper for me for Division Two. No ski? Um, nah, nah, mm. nah. Um, Winston Salem. And I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Um, I'm gonna pick a I'm gonna pick a, a dark horse, Savannah State. Mm. That's a nice one right there. Mm. And uh, uh, well, I'm gonna be biased. Uh, Jackson State <laughs> got love the boom, baby. Um, A&T, Southern, uh, FAMU. Um, I, I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put these two in there. The Texas Two Step Prairie View, Texas Southern, and with um. And as a as a sleeper, I I, I like you said, Bethune Cookman. And Division Two, um, I really haven't heard too much of Western Salem State, but I know they're good. Um Benedict, I, you know what I'm saying? Miles, I got Tuskegee in there for you, man. <laughs> uh, Kentucky, Kentucky Kentucky State, and um I go with Albany. Cause I, I I listened to them last night and they were, they was they was sounding real good. Yeah, man. I I like this question by Evan Moore though. Go ahead, yes. bro. Um, 
He says, what is y'all's trust factor? Hold on. Let me ask you. I thought I put it on. I'm tripping. What is y'all's trust factor in the top two bands actually making it to Atlanta with most bands not traveling? Most will have limited shows where their band will have to uh will have that competitive energy to win. So this is something that came up last night a little bit. Uh, and it goes to it, it, something I was going to try to set up and ask is kind of um, what is the rubric and what are the qualifications to even be considered in the champion, championship race? Well, from what they've released so far, um, there are going to be four shows that are going to be evaluated for everybody that's participated, you know, for every band program. Now, this isn't going to be contingent on travel. What they're going to do is get together with the band directors. You know, the band directors are going to have control of which halftime shows they want. They want evaluated, whether they're going to be traveling or not. And um, once they pick those shows, that's where they're, how they're going to evaluate it. They, you know, their their adjudication team is going to um, is going to evaluate them. Now, once um, now, once they're evaluated and, you know, they determine who qualifies, traveling to the event is not going to be an issue because ESPN is paying for all of that. So they're paying for, you know, travel, lodging. And not only that, you know, from what they've told us, there's going to be, a, you know, there's going to be a monetary reward for the bands that qualify for the final. And there's going to be a monetary reward for bands that participate. So... Um, that's something to, you know, I'm sure that ESPN is going to come out with details on that, but that in itself is completely different than any battle of bands we've had, you know, we, we've had, had to deal with because, you know, that's always a question of getting, of getting, um, you know, of, uh, you know, of getting cash because, you know, that has, you know, that has to be a factor. Okay. Um. I see because we had some a few comments I wanted to get to. Um <laughs> laughing at G said put Gremlin with the D2 bands. That's that's so that's 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 that's, 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 that's nasty work right there. That's Black. disrespectful. That's, that's nasty work, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's real nasty work, man. Yeah. But but yeah, I think um, you know, and I think that's a good question too. Um you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, whenever we do competitions like this, and well, now that this is actually competition, you know, the other part of that is financial, mm-hmm. you know, is is recompense, is making sure that, um, you know, the exposure that the bands are getting, you know, also translates into positive exposure for the university and funding, you know, and a monetary reward. And that's, you know, I, I think that's the, you know, that's the key here. Um, makes this really appealing and is that you know at the end of that road you know you're not only just competing for a title but there's something monetary that goes along with it for those programs so you know i think that in it in itself is something that um you know that is really um it's you know it's important for the entire framework you know i i think that's something that not only is it important but it's something that's going to really really help it grow and help it stick Mm. Um. All right, um, Doc. I know you got to get up out of here as well. Um, 
tell the people where they can find you and uh all that good stuff. And you can find me on HBCU Overdrive, uh, YouTube, pretty much um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Probably cut out the Friday show, but basically Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Um, catches pretty much seven o'clock every night. Uh, Saturday, eight o'clock. Uh, Central Central Standard Time. But yeah, man, uh, I appreciate everybody. You know, appreciate you. Let me come on there and just speak about bands and stuff like that. Something that I like to talk about, you know what I'm saying, with with other band heads. <clears throat> and uh man, look, we just about to keep it rolling. <laughs> I heard that, man. Hey, Doc, as always, appreciate you, man. Uh look forward to having you back soon. That was our good man, Doc Holiday from HBCU Overdrive. Yeah, man. All right, let's get back to the topic at hand. Um, and we can get ready to actually start wrapping this up. Her, yes, uh, sir. The national championship and, and, and how it was presented. Um, at the well, I, I know it's celebration bowl weekend, but let me ask will it be a head to head competition at that point, or will it be a, a cumulative score? Um, that solves, or have they announced that part yet? Well, they haven't officially announced how the scoring framework is going to be done for that final weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, well, it, well, it's part of its voting, but it's not voting. It's, you know, what the, it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's what though is what those adjudicators put on paper. So, um, for the you know for the bands that are that make the final for division one and division two you know it's going to be two bands each you know and they're, they're going head to head so it's four bands um you know seeing that the halftime shows are going to be the rubric by you know what the stuff is measured by you know they're going to put their best shows out and the highest score wins you know at least that's that's you know what i gather from from how the framework is set up so yeah. So if you you know you you make the final, you know I don't think the the evaluation process is going to change. It's going to be based on how you execute and how that execution translates into the score you get, you know, yeah. from the people that are evaluating those shows. Yeah. So are fans going to be part of it? Yeah, I think they're going to be part of that. Um, they're going to be part of that, you know, that framework, but it's not going to be everything. Gotcha. Mm. Well, man, uh, listen, Dave. I'm Dave. I'm sorry. Listen, Herb. I have truly, truly enjoyed having you on. Um, talking about this, like I said, band is a huge part of not just HBCUs, but I mean, not just the football games and the football culture, but HBCUs as a whole. Um, a lot of people's introduction into HBCUs are through yeah. the band. Um, as a matter of fact. If you look at it, uh, different world, yeah, band, yeah, you know, one of the first yeah. things represented. Uh, so man, before we get up out of here, uh, Herb, what, what's some like closing thoughts on the whole championship and how how it's being presented as of yet, or or is this kind of a uh, wait till I get more detail type situation? Well, I'll just say this, man: the fact that it's being done now 
even though it's a better late than never type of deal, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, it's big. It's big on a lot of levels. One, you know, it really, really, you know, gives the schools the opportunity to really put these programs on the pedestal that they deserve. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's not to say that HBCU band programs haven't already been in the media eye or mainstream culture. You know, you can look as far as Super Bowls to, to WrestleMania and see marching bands and see HBCU, you know, HBCU influence. So all that your music videos, all your uh, yeah. movies. Yeah, that uh, yeah. yeah, that part ain't new and it hasn't been new for a long time. Right. But, you know, I think the fact that you know, ESPN has, has seen fit to, you know, really put a competition framework together, really gives it, um, how can I put this? It really gives the craft even more validity than it already has. And it really says a lot to the mainstream audiences that are being introduced to what HBCU band programs mean to not only, you know, HBCU football and sports, but to you know, the culture at large is that this is a really big thing. This is, you know, I mean, and this goes to kids that are in places where HBCUs aren't, you know, readily accessible or exposed or what have you, whether you're on the West Coast or in the Midwest or or what have you. Um, You know, somebody can turn on the television and see a, a Grambling or a Jackson State or a Southern or Alabama State, you know, or Norfolk State or North Carolina NT, you know, front and center um, on its own platform on ESPN or or another major network, you know, in prime time. That's huge. Yeah. You know? I do. Um, I guess another question I'm going to ask, how long before? Because with this being uh, ESPN production um, or, 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 you know, some thought, you know, they're there, whatever. Um, how long before this gets gentrified? <laughs> that's a good question. And I think a lot of us that are in the community, that's in the culture, yeah. have have asked that silently. Being that How long until the Southern versus Ohio State? <sighs> that's a good question. And I think for right now, um, I don't think there's a big threat of that happening. Simply because... Um, the way football culture at HBCUs is structured is completely different than the way football culture at PWIs or Power Five conferences, G5s are structured. You know, football is the focal point, period. You know, I mean, Ohio State, USC, Penn State, those guys have awesome band programs. You know, I love watching Ohio State's intricate drills, but at the end of the day, it's football. And and that's the you know for those programs that's the culture. Now, but some but like mentioned Ohio State, um, that's still HBCU driven because it was uh what a Southern former Southern. Well, uh, well, I, I yes and no, and uh, and that has a little bit more to do with the history of marching bands in general. Um. You know, all marching bands, the show band st- style that we do, you know, is derived from, you know, you, the military, essentially. So, um, you know, the Big Ten, you know, we got a lot of styles from the Big Ten. Um, I know what Southern does, 
in terms of the drill pro in the terms of their drill concept. Um, heck, what a lot of our bands do in terms of their drill concept have their roots in the Big Ten. Um, and like I said, I could be here for another three hours talking about that, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but um, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, the roots are common, but yeah. it's what we've done with that, you know, with that base that's made it what it is. Yeah. That's the reason, made the culture unique. The reason why I asked about that is because I know a lot of times whenever conversations get talked up about who's the best band and HB who's the best HBCU band, it brings up the fact that uh I believe it's FAMU is the only one to win the award. Yeah. For, um, so you know, whenever you have schools like Ohio State winning this award, how long until you crown a national champion band, and then mainstream people are saying, "Well, how are y'all the best band in the country?" Whenever Ohio State is winning the award, well, that's so the then thing. settle it on the field, and you see what I'm saying, like, oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, here's the here's the kicker. Is that the settler? And I know where you're getting that because you know you're talking about the settler trophy. Yeah, that's settler, I didn't know the name of it, but yeah, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, good stuff, bro. But the settler is even with that. The settler itself has never been mainstream. You know, it's that's you know true. nobody no, nobody knows about the settler trophy except for folks that are within those circles. So. Um, when people kind of drop that, well, yeah, we've won Settler trophies. We've never really cared about the Settler, you know, outside of Florida and up. So mm. I think, you know, I think people really need to, you know, kind of take a look at, um, you know, why. Yeah, and you can, and he's absolutely, Tori's absolutely right. Okay. You can the Settler once. Oh, wow. But, but the, you know, it, it's not it's not something you know that can be quantified like that. It's yeah. more so, you know, yeah, you know, we pick a band that looks really good, and we have a group of three or four people that pick the band and give them the trophy. You know, that's you know that's not what HBCUs do, and it's not something that the culture has done um, since you know since we kind of made it what it is. And I mean. And, you know, to be quite honest, you know, this go, you know, this kind of divergence goes all the way back to the 1950s and 60s. You know, we saw Grambling, you know, uh, doing those halftime shows for Super Bowls, you know, doing those halftime shows and TV spots in the 60s and 70s. Um, they weren't asking Ohio State to do those things. They were asking Grambling. Yeah. So, it, you know, I think, it, yeah, I think there's a real concern about mainstream gentrification, so to speak. But I think the culture is strong enough for it to stand on its own two feet. And the fact that it's attached to what the culture is makes it unique. And I think people at ESPN understand that, you know, or at least they should people that have really good business sense should understand that. All right. Well, man, Dave, we truly, again, appreciate you. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and uh, some of the projects you got coming up. Well, man, as you can see by the, by the title, um, I'm on a platform uh, 
call View from the Sidelines. Uh, I can be seen on View from the Sidelines at www.halftimeglory.com. And pretty much we'll be doing polls there during the season to kind of follow the championship chase. Um, I'm also a regular on HBC Nightly. Um, as the season gets started, um, we're going to be doing that every Wednesday night. You know, if you saw the chaos that was on HBC Nightly last night, um, we have a good time doing it, you know, and everything is, you know, it's. A, I mean, it was definitely something that, you know, if you're, you know, in in the space, check it out. You know, all the contributors there are really, really dope. Um, you know, you'll see the Golden Boot folks there on occasion, too, up on the panel. Um I can also, you know, I do I cover college uh, basketball and football for HBCUs as well. Um, and you can see some of my work on HBCU Digital Network um, as well as my own hoops platform for um, for college basketball in the D.C. metro area. That's hallowedhoopsground.com. And um, until next time, man, I'm, you know, if you see me on on Twitter or rather X or whatever the Dark Lord Elon has named this platform, uh, follow me, man. I can be reached at HHL Seward three at Twitter. Man, they need to tell G Lee that they ain't stopping on man. <laughs> That's cold blooded. You muted, Pooh. Man, my bad. We'll be back on Monday. Can you? Can I finish my show, sir? Can you be quiet? Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'll be eating on so I thought it was Sunday, but uh, we'll be back on Monday. Um, and like that, we at BetOnline.ag. This show was presented by BetOnline.ag. Bring me my money. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.